Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it's the second season as we say good morning. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Michael Lombardi there, live from the Borgata in Atlantic City. This is the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. It's Wild Card Weekend, my man. Are you excited? You know, I really am, Patrick. I think this is, even though we've got, you know, a couple games that are, we've got three games that are fairly significant in terms of the point spread, but I, I do think these games will be fun to watch and you know, what I've expected, bad weather in the San Francisco Bay Area as the weather game for the weekend? No, but I think that's where we're going to start off with, and that's what we have. And I think that could really adjust this game slightly. So two games today, Michael, three tomorrow, and then we close out with Dallas and Tampa Bay on Monday night. This is all regular season rematches. So this is the first time since we've had regular season rematches in the wildcard round since 2009. So some familiarity, of course, as we head into it. Uh, a couple of things just as we get started. We've got plenty of trends and stats as far as wildcard weekend. Brent Musburger dispels the myth of the difficulty behind taking on a team three times in a regular season. Seattle 49ers, we're looking at you. You can go to the newsletter at vcin.com. But we start with kind of the theme, and that is the questions at quarterback. It's a theme you've been riding all year with kind of the turnover and the carousel at that position. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's been it's been the year of the quarterback in the NFL. And, the, and what's strange about the year – Besides the fact that 69 quarterbacks have been under center as starters this season, the most since the strike in 87, but the elite quarterbacks that we're used to, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, they haven't been elite, you know? And so that's the strange part about this. As we look at the NFC, we're seeing that the two players that we're counting on to be in the top five quarterbacks in this in the, in the, in the league – didn't play that way yet other guys like Geno Smith had a career year so it's just up and down it's all over I think the one constant has been Patrick Mahomes even Josh Allen hasn't been the same he's been inconsistent and I would say Joe Burrow who we'll see tomorrow on this win streak that the Bengals have been on has probably been the most consistent and he's right now as we enter the playoffs he's my top rated quarterback going into the playoffs Without with Mike removing Mahomes and Hurts. Right, exactly. And and you've talked about the AFC has dominated your list all year, the Lombardi look ahead on Fridays. Remember Vison Pros, Vison.com slash subscribe to get that. By the way, as you were talking, we just had a book in Jersey go to ten with San Francisco. I don't know if you were surprised by it again the early game, and if you've been following the news, and Michael, you have, rain out here in California nonstop. It's going to rain nonstop up until the game starts and then scattered showers throughout the game wind 10 to 15 miles an hour with the 49ers hosting the Seahawks are you surprised that most shops have been sticking at nine and a half here yeah I am because you know look I, I think the weather is going to slow the game down I do think that Seattle you know watch the Raider tape a little you know they can, there's throws you can make 
you know, you're going to have to be really good in protection. Your rookie tackles have to play really well today. But you've got skill players on the outside, and you've got a really good running back. I mean, you should be able to kind of at least keep this game close. I know the first time they played them out there, it wasn't a close game. But, you know, that was kind of like nobody knew what Seattle could do at that time. The second game, again, I think Seattle was taken off guard and they got put back and they had to play catch-up, which is not what you want to do against San Francisco. So I, I get the sense of it, but again, it's going to come down to this offensive line. Can they protect Geno, give him enough time to make some throws? And he's going to have to be really accurate, as he's been all year, almost 70%, and he's going to have to hang in the pocket and, and take it. I mean, he's going to have to make some really tough throws with people all around him. Yeah, Seattle and uh, San Francisco played twice in the regular season. As you mentioned, San Francisco won both 27 to seven and then 21 to 13 Michael now take a look what's the theme there 34 combined points in both games you take a look at the total today it's sitting 42 uh, I'm going to take a look at the first half total and full game full game is 42 no reason to suspect with a soggy field and rain potentially throughout and winds no reason to suspect we're going to have an over here yeah although I would say this with the soggy field I think this helps Seattle a little bit because it could slow down this 49er pass rush. You know, they're not gonna, it's not going to be – the yep. grass field may not be as, as fast as typically they like to play on. And it won't be hard. And that sogginess will create a little bit of hesitation and will help these tackles out a little bit. But, you know, the key for Seattle in this game is, you know, the last time they played them in Seattle, Seattle only had 14 rushing attempts. You can't do that today. If you're going to have a chance in the fourth quarter to beat this team or to stay close to the point spread, you've got to be able to run the ball. I'm not saying you've got to run it with a lot of success, but you've got to be able to run the ball. They averaged five yards a carry in the last game up in Seattle, but they only ran it 14 times. And Geno had to throw it 46 times, 44 times, excuse me. So because of that, when you play from behind against this team, it's very challenging. And the reason it's challenging is because San Francisco – is so good at controlling the football and controlling the clock. They ran for 170 yards in Seattle. And the way Kyle plays playoff games that he wins, he rarely wants to he wants to throw that football. He doesn't want to go into a full passing game, nor does he want to have Brock Purdy have to play much in the game. I mean, think about it. Purdy played in Seattle. The leading receiver was McCaffrey inside throws. The second leading receiver was Kittle. And Jennings was the third leading receiver on the team. So, you know, they didn't try to throw the ball outside. Now, they didn't have Debo Samuel in that game, so there's another mm -hmm. layer. This ball, there are going to be a lot of easy throws for Purdy in this game. Yep, well done. Michael, you mentioned Purdy. I expected a regression. Shanahan does such a good job controlling the quarterback. We haven't seen a regression. How about this? The 49ers have won 10 straight to end the season by an average of 16 points per. There's a reason they've jumped up in the futures market as well. A lot of people riding this 49er team right now. No doubt. And I think to me, what I think the hidden gem of this 49er team is their punter, Wisnowski. I mean, to me, he is elite. And why is he elite? Okay, so the last time they played in Seattle, they punted six times, San Francisco. They got them to punt six times. Three of those punts landed inside the 20. So now when you take a – and he leads the league in inside the 20 punts. So now you have a punter who can pin you back inside the 20, okay? And you have an elite defense that's hard to make big plays on and it's hard to extend – hard to go long periods of time. So that combination, that sets up perfectly. And conversely, their return game with Ray Ray McLeod is a dynamic. He's a one play away from hitting a home run, and they use him on mm -hmm. offense. So the special teams here and the, the ability to control vertical field position by the 49ers special teams and the punter create even more hardship for, the, for, for Seattle as they have to play on long fields. And we know this about Kyle Shanahan. He's not from the Brendan Staley, Kevin Stefanski school of reckless behavior on the field. He will punt. I'll talk about the line movement with the Seahawks and 49ers. I'll say this, Michael, and I want to get to some of your keys that you wrote at VEASAN.com for winning playoff games, but it's hard to envision Geno Smith having success against this 49er defense because in both regular season meetings, we saw him constantly under duress. If there's a weakness with the 49ers, it's hitting them deep. Maybe a little mitigation because of the rain and the ability to stretch the field for Geno and constantly being under pressure. 
Let me wrap in what you've talked about over at VEASAN.com, the keys to winning NFL playoff games. And we'll start with number one, the best players on the team must play their best. You want to kind of tie that into Seattle and San Francisco here? Yeah, I mean, this is all about Lockett's got to play great for Seattle to have a chance. He's got to win against man. He's got to win when they play their cover three or when they play cover one. Same thing with Metcalf. Metcalf has to have a big day. He can't average 7.9 yards per catch like he did the game up in Seattle. He's got to have a big play. He's got to make an explosive play. And Geno's got to play really well. Those three guys, their best players on the team, Kenneth Walker, Geno yep. Smith, the two receivers, if they don't play at a high level, if they don't do something extraordinary today, Seattle will have no chance to win and they won't cover. They have to play to the level they're getting paid to play at. Now, Geno hasn't gotten paid, but they paid they paid Lockett. They paid, they paid Metcalf a lot of money as a top receiver in the league. And Walker's an elite running back. I mean, even though he's just a rookie, he's an elite running back with home run speed. So those that's going to be the key to the game. Conversely for the 49ers, Purdy doesn't have to. Purdy's not the best player on the team. All he has to do is get the ball to the elite players. Samuel, Kittle. McCaffrey, Ayuk. If he does that, he, he he won't even notice him in the game. They're going to be long handoffs, and it's going to be the running game. Michael, that Walker is special. Balance, size, breakaway speed when he gets out in the open. He is he's a lobe, man. Hey, just quickly yeah. on this. So this is um, Mr. Andrews over at the South Point Hall of Famer bookmaker. He said he opened this one 10 and a half. They took 10 and a half, so they took Seattle. They took 10 and now they're 9 and a half. A little surprise here. We've gone yeah. through doubles the other way in San Francisco where they're beating everybody over their last 10 by 16 points on a 10-game win streak. Surprised with Seattle because Seattle was lucky to beat the Rams last week. No doubt. And 88% of these games this weekend as Steve Mackinan put out this week, 88% of these games, the line doesn't matter. If you pick the winner, there's an 88% chance you're going to be right. That's pretty strong odds. That's a pretty strong trend. So, you know, I mean, I look at this and say, I think, you know, I think it's too much. Now, my line when I opened it up, I think it was 9.62, 9.23. I'm sorry, 9.21. So oh, perfect. I, I felt like, you know, I was right there. So as it goes... I'm kind of there. It's almost a no play in my category. The game codes favor the game codes favor San Francisco tremendously. So you've got to look at that too as well. Yeah, so your point and Steve Mackinnon's numbers have been kind of gaining traction in the gambling space, but not often that the point spread matters in the wild card round. Last 62 wild card games, the winner is 54-7-1 ATS. What does that mean? The dogs cover, they win outright. The favorites win, they usually cover the number. Pick the winner. Lay it. You're good. Pick the winner. Money line based on this number. You should be good. Team usually covers the number in the wild card round. Okay, that's just the start with Seattle and San Francisco. We go Chargers and Jacksonville next with some drama. The head coach, Brandon Staley's got some splaining to do. We're back. Lombardi line on a Saturday. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's wildcard weekend. Let's get right into this. A special treat for us, former league MVP, somebody that has a history with Michael Lombardi, of course, Rich Gannon, as he's hanging out with his mom there in Philly. We send our best. We welcome in, of course, the former MVP, Rich Gannon. And you know, it's funny, before we get to today's games, Michael and Rich already started a conversation about Monday night. So let's just go there. Dallas, Tampa Bay. Dallas is laying two and a half. You two are on opposite sides. First off, good morning, Rich. We'll start with you. You, it sounds like you don't trust the quarterback in Dallas. Well, first of all, Patrick and Michael, it's always great to be with you guys. You know, I, I think that's one of the more uh, entertaining games we're going to see on Monday. And I just, you know, I like the Cowboys a lot. I love their defense. Love Micah Parsons. I just don't trust Dak Prescott right now. I mean, you look at 15 interceptions this year. That was the most in the NFL. And he missed five games, three pick sixes in his last four. Seven straight gains with an interception. I mean, you know, in a critical situation, I just don't trust Dak Prescott. And I, I think that's – if he behaves himself and he takes care of the football, they should win that, that game. But I look at on the other side of it, and as, as, as much as the Buccaneers have struggled all season to run the football, they still have the king of the postseason, and, and Michael knows him well. Think about these stats, guys. I saw this earlier. He's got 20 more – playoff starts than any other quarterback that's 20 more than Peyton Manning and he's got 19 more passing touchdowns than any other quarterback in the postseason Uh, that's more than Joe Montana so I I just look I expect if they're gonna win Tom Brady has to have a big night Oh, I agree, but Crit, but Rich, what I think to me, I thought Mike McCarthy did a great job when Dak got hurt. I think Mike McCarthy kind of reeled in Kellen Moore and kind of played a game that was more complimentary and to his offense and to his defense. And playoff time, as you know better than anybody, you've got to play a certain way to win these games. And I'm counting on. Dallas to play that way because on paper Dallas is the better team I think they you know before you could never run the ball on Tampa this year you can and if you can make up if you can keep that run game going with Dallas whether it's Pollard or Zeke I think it gives them a chance I'm with you on Dak I think to me my concern is more Kellen Moore combined with Dak than it is just Dak listen Mike I agree I just you know, I know, I know where my heart is, right? I just, I just, uh, you know, I've obviously got a close relationship to Mike McCarthy, who's my quarterback coach for four years. There, there, if if they do what they're supposed to do, and by the way, I agree with you, they go four and one with Cooper Rush, and a big reason why was, you know, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, they committed to running the football. They took took some of the the burden off the young quarterback and the defense. If you go back and look at that stretch of five games, the defense, particularly Micah Park, Parsons, they played really, really well. On the other side of it, you look at Brady. You know, in 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 twenty and twenty one with Tom Brady, they averaged over thirty points a game. This year, they're just a little over eighteen points a game. So, you know, if the Cowboys play like they should on both sides of the ball, they should take care of business down in Tampa. The pride of Philly, Rich Gannon joining us. <laughs> let, 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 let me, let me, yeah, the pride of Philly and also MVP. Let's go, let's go San Francisco because Rich, as you know, they're big time favorites expected to win this game. I'll ask you in a different way. How can Seattle hang in San Francisco and can they? 
Well, they, they have to do a couple things. They have to be the more physical team, and that's really hard to do against this this San Francisco uh, football team, especially their defense. I think when you look at Seattle, they have struggled to stop the run. They give up a lot of explosives. That's the other thing you can't do against this team. And they have to have success running the football. If, if, it, if they fall behind and Geno Smith has to throw it a bunch in this one, uh, it's not going to end well. So I think they have to steal some possessions. I think their defense has to be able to create some negative plays, some short fields for the offense. I think the kicking game, I think when you're an underdog, you have to make some plays in the kicking game. And, you know, G- I saw an interesting stat. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. You know, Geno Smith really had a – I think he, he could be the comeback player of the year. He had a really solid season. I, I didn't expect it out of him. Very accurate, completed almost 70% of his passes. Uh, the touchdown-interception ratio is good as it's ever been for Geno Smith. But he had 14 dropped interceptions, which was the most in the NFL. I didn't even know they charted this. It's a good thing they didn't chart this when I was playing, because I, you know, <laughs> but I was saying Geno Smith ought to run to 7-Eleven buy himself a lottery ticket. 14 dropped interceptions this year. Wow! So if they can get around him and, and force him to make some mistakes, but he's going to have to have a big day. They're going to have to really run it with the young back uh, Walker, and they're going to play really good defense and create some some turnovers. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Andrew Luck, I used to keep track of Andrew Luck's dropped interceptions because he had a bunch of them. I mean, you know, he had a bunch of I didn't know they were keeping that stat. I had a reel when I was in uh, Cleveland and New England of just Andrew Luck's dropped interceptions because everybody was talking about how elite he was playing. And I said, well, you know, look at all these plays that he got away with. And, you know, that's why they play defense because they can't catch, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I think that how much do you think the rain will impact this game, I, I kind of get the sense if it's the field soggy and wet, it could slow down this 49er pass rush and their ability to control the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the weather could certainly be a factor. That could that could maybe help Seattle a little bit. But, you know, I've been so impressed, guys, with what Brock Purdy has done. And I think you, you talk about Kyle Shanahan. You can't leave out Brian Greasy to get this young quarterback ready. It, you know, they're under the third quarterback, and, and this kid has really played well. The moment's not too big for him. You go back and study him at Iowa State. You know, he had 48 starts. You know, he had he played really well. I think he threw for 86 touchdowns and completed 68% of his passes. He, he he had a lot of game experience, not at this level, but he has stepped in. And I think the best thing about Brock Purdy is he understands the environment that he's in. He doesn't have to go out. By the way, they're averaging less than 25 attempts, pass attempts a game with Brock Purdy. I mean, that's the formula for success in San Francisco. I mean, they've got two really good backs. Both are involved in the passing game. You got a healthy Debo Samuel, Ayuk. You got Kittle, who's been on a on a roll. He's got seven touchdowns since week fifteen. That's the most in the NFL. So I think he understands, and he has to, doesn't have to go out and make a lot of big plays. He has to take make good decisions, take care of the football. And oh, by the way, behind him, he's got the number one defense in football, the best defense in football, and the best pass rusher in football. Nick Bosa had eighteen and a half sacks this year. I think it's the perfect formula for success for a young quarterback in the postseason. Yeah, I I mean, look, you know better than anyone, Rich. I mean, when the system and the quarterback's talent go hand in hand, great things happen. And I think that's what we see with Brock Purdy. The starts in college, I think you're so right. They gave him experience. Let's shift to the Chargers in Jacksonville tonight. I mean, Mike Williams, I think, is a huge loss for for the Chargers. Do you feel like they can overcome that? I mean, they don't have a receiver on the team that averages over 12 yards a catch. I mean, I think this changes how Mike Caldwell plays the Chargers and Justin Herbert. You you could make the argument that the the loss of Mike Williams is more significant than them playing without Keenan Allen early in the season, Michael. I just Hmm. this guy is a big body; he'll go get it. His length, uh, his way he high points the balls down the field. You know, I think that this this game plan is going to look look a little bit like the first half of the season when they didn't have Keenan Allen. I mean, you know, you look at Austin Eckler. I mean, he's he's a big part of what they do, not only in the running game but in the passing game. I just. Uh, you know, you look at him this year, 18 touchdowns that led the NFL. He had 38 touchdowns since the start of last season. That's 12 more than the next player. So he's got to be a big part of it. But I think the loss of Mike Williams, and I just think, look, Brandon Stale, you can say what you want about him, but some of the decision-making leads you scratching your head. Like, in other words, when it's fourth and one at the tw- at your own 27-yard line in the first quarter and you're going for it and, you're, and your quarterback is Justin Herbert, I mean, what are you thinking? And I just thought the decision last week to leave those players on the field, particularly some some key players like a Mike Williams, and now he's got a back injury and he's out this week and, and maybe for a couple weeks. 
I mean, that's just that's just a that's as you always say, it's coaching. That's coaching liability. I mean, you just can't make those decisions. You can't put your team in that situation. And I don't I don't know how good they are. I mean, the run defense is a problem. And I, I look at Jacksonville, and they're a team that comes into the postseason with a lot of momentum. And I said at the beginning of the season. I really thought that this team would struggle. It would take a while to learn Doug Peterson's system, you know, just get a feel for one another, the young quarterback, the development there. But the second half of the season, they've been really good, and I've been so impressed with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's played as well as any quarterback here the last eight weeks. I'm sure this will come as no surprise to you, Rich. Michael's had plenty to say about Brandon Staley, his coaching decisions, and the fact that he oh, left the players Rich, in last week. Rich, <laughs> Rich, do you think, Rich, just real, yes or no, do you think Al Davis would have let Brandon Staley on the team plane flying back from Denver? Never. Not a chance. Never. Not a Not chance. A chance. <laughs> Not a chance. In fact, I mean, that's all I thought about. That's all I thought about was Al Davis. Oh, my God. He would have killed him. He would have come down from the booth right there at about maybe the first few minutes of the second half. I just think he takes he takes unnecessary risk. I mean, you've got a quarterback. It's ridiculous. Justin Herbert has got more has got more passing yards, more attempts, more completions than any other quarterback through his first three seasons. He's got the second most touchdowns only to Dan Marino. The guy is a really fine player. Get out of his way once in a while. Don't make his job more difficult. Yeah, no doubt. Rich Gannon, Thank you, Rich. the information oh, you're the was best. necessary. You're the best, Rich, and best to your Thank mother you, as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. You Thank you, Rich. Have a great day. Okay, that was that was incredible. Rich Gannon's all over it, of course, CBS, former MVP. Michael knows him very, very well. Say what you will about Brandon Staley. Oh, don't worry. Michael will, and that's next here <laughs> at Lombardi Line. <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, when you become a VEASAN Pro, remember, we do the work for you. We've got our hosts and guests with the Wild Card Weekend plays. Uh, Thomas Gable just sent me his college basketball plays for today. He went 3-0 last night. So here's what we'll do. Introductory offer, $9.99. If you sign up right now, you can get those Thomas Gable basketball plays. And trust me, it's going to be worth the $9.99. We've never done this before, so make sure you take advantage. It's vsin.com slash subscribe. You get everything subscribers get, including the Pro Tools, the Pro Picks, I've been referencing Michael's article on Friday's The Look Ahead. You get that as well. Pro tips, 20 a day. It's all there for $9.99. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Make sure you sign up. Okay, so we welcome you back. What what a great hit from Rich Gannon, who I know you have a relationship with. He was all over it. And I want to start with where he left off, and that was the Chargers at Jacksonville. So, again, the number hasn't adjusted since Mike Williams has been ruled out. It's still two and a half. Jacksonville laying it. Remember, Michael, this number opened Chargers one, bet up to two and a half here. So a big-time move. You know, I was digging through some of the metrics. Jacksonville's bet, like, they score more. They give up less. It's minimal. But, you know, Jacksonville's right there with the Chargers metrically. Oh, no doubt. And when you break down the game codes, which I always try to do, which are the 19 categories that goes towards winning, and how do they compare to one another, right? So you, you look at that and you say, okay, like where is, where is the advantage? And really the last five games, you know, both these teams, uh, 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 the Chargers are, are the ninth best team and Jacksonville's the seventh best team statistically over the last five weeks, statistically over the last 10 weeks. One's mm-hmm. nine, the char- uh, Jacksonville's nine, the Chargers are 13. But I think what, what happens here is when you break them down, you know, they're both, they're both really, really effective and they've improved as the year's gone on. I'm not sure I get or understand why people haven't tried to run the ball on the Chargers because I see Miami goes out there and Tennessee, as weak as they were, you know, it's a, it's a 14-14 game and the Chargers come back and kick the field goal to win it right, in, right before the end of the game. So I think this is a really even game. Jacksonville is strong in 10 of the, of the 19 areas. The Chargers are strong in 11. I would really love the Chargers at two and a half, laying the two and a half if I thought Mike Williams was going to play because I think Mike Williams makes such a difference. I think Mike Williams is such a game changer that he's able to win on the outside. You know, in the NFL, you're always covered, but certain guys that are covered are open, and Mike Williams is one of those guys. So I just think that's going to be a challenge. And when you play Jacksonville, 
you know, Jacksonville does a good job of controlling how many incomplete passes you get. The ball doesn't – they get the ball on the ground quite a bit, and their rushers, Josh Allen and Walker, they've got to do a good job today of rushing against Herbert, especially against these tackles, which are the weak link of the Chargers' offense. And remember, Michael, the Jaguars kind of hit that momentum wave later in the year, and as you just laid out perfectly, have kind of ridden that wave here into a postseason appearance. But they went to they went to Los Angeles in Week Three and were the better team. A 38-10 yeah. road win over the Chargers in Week Three, prior to kind of catching that momentum, the Jags. Yeah, I mean, but that I think when you go back and I studied that tape this week, you know, Herbert shouldn't have played in the game. He was not even close to being himself. And they turned the ball over twice in the second quarter in the red zone, and it, and they got behind in the game, and it got ugly from there. Keenan Allen didn't play. Williams was on the field. J.C. Jackson did play, you know, and they went after it. He did not play, excuse me. I think when you look at the teams and you break them down defensively, right, the, 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 the Jaguars are eighth in the National Football League in points per play defensively, and the Chargers are 24th. And so I think that gives you that gives an advantage. And both teams, you know, where the where the where the Jacksonville Jaguars haven't really gained an advantage, and when they kind of don't play well defensively, is because they don't put pressure on the quarterback. They're 28th in sack per plays. Meanwhile, the Chargers are 11th. So that's going to have to be the rub today. Can they get away with it? Can they come back with it? And I think ultimately. I think Jacksonville's got to turn the heat up against these tackles and put some pressure on Herbert because the top of the defense isn't going to be worried about you. are not worried about Allen beating you. When, you're on a, when you don't have a receiver that, that's making explosive plays, I think it gives you an advantage to set up your game plan. Maybe a surprise here, but both the Chargers and the Jags have been under teams. The Jags, by the way, 6-2 and two to the under at home. And we will say this, you know, the defense, the Jags have allowed fewer than 17 points in three consecutive games entering the postseason. That's, that's what you were asking for was more productivity on defense, and we've started to get it as the tail end of the season approached here with the Jags. Yeah, I, I, I think there's no doubt, but I think this is a different game, right? I think weather's not going to be a factor. And you've got blue chip quarterbacks. I mean, last week they're against Joshua Dobbs, right? So that does, the, you know, they played Houston. You know, I mean, you're going to hold those teams to under 20 points. They're not good enough. Now you've got an offense, and we know this, right? We know that Joe Lombardi is from the New Orleans Saints program, and we know that Ben Johnson in Detroit put 40 on him and really didn't punt. And Goff had a really good day. And so that game plan is going to take effect. And we're going to see what Mike Caldwell does to adjust that game plan. The key to this game is really going to be the pass rush. I actually thought, you know, look, they won the game last week. Why? Because Josh Allen was able to pressure Dobbs and got the ball out. I mean, that's a close game. That's an under game there, too. And if that fumble doesn't occur, I don't know what happens. So the key is going to be, can they get some pressure on Herbert? If they don't, they'll move the football. But I think Jackson will move the ball, too. Your boy, Doug Peterson, 5-1 ATS in the postseason, including 5-0 ATS, 4-1 straight up as a dog. So he's sitting here. It's funny. You know, he's a dog at home. Again, we just talked about the metrics being pretty similar. Jacksonville may be better over the last three to six weeks. It's, it's, it, Peterson's in a good spot. What has he done with Lawrence that's improved him so mightily this year? Well, I think he's cleaned up his fundamentals. I think, you know, the one thing you want from your quarterback, he's, quarterbacks are like golfers. They, they, when the pressure's on, the, the routine and the swing has to look the same, right? It's the same thing with quarterbacks. When the pressure's on, people are in your face, the foot fundamentals and the footwork have to be the same. And last year, he was all over the place. I thought last weekend he kind of reverted back to that. He didn't make some really throws that typically he makes. He misses a receiver. I think it was Jay Jones or Kirk wide open in the end zone. His fundamentals and his footwork got a little messy. But that's what I think Peterson has done a good job. And I think as they've shifted this offense, you know, Peterson loves to throw the football. But I think as he's learned more about how well – ATN adds to their offense. Like when they played Dallas, they ran for 192 yards, you know, and they scored, you know, that's a 40-34 game. All right, so they won that in overtime. When they played the Jets, they run for a buck 47. When they played Houston, they, you know, they can run the football. And when ATN's running and they're limiting how much they have to put on Lawrence in terms of the pure passing game, because they're going to call a 1,000 screens, right? It's going to be a tight end screen, a halfback screen, you know, a wide receiver screen. They're going to be all sorts of screens. They, they're really not passes. They're, out, they're long handoffs. So 
I think the more they can do that, I think they'll move the football. And you can run the ball. ATN should have a good day today against this Charger front. Short passes as well for the Chargers. I remember Lombardi as the OC there with the Lions. He, he takes advantage. And the Jaguars particularly struggled in terms of defending short passes, which maybe benefits the Chargers. Let me jump into your keys. Remember, VEASAN pros get the guide to winning NFL playoff games from Michael Lombardi over at VEASAN.com. Number two was teams that have balance on both sides of the ball can advance. Let's use that and apply it to both the Chargers and Jags. Who's got the better balance here? Well, I mean, the, the, the Jaguars do because the Jaguars can run the ball. Now, the Chargers can run the ball, but they kind of get lost at times in their run game. But I think what the Jags can do, they can run it and they can throw it against this Charger team. Now, the Chargers have played much better defense. There's no mistake in that over the last month. you know. But I think ultimately, and I don't understand why, but teams haven't tried to run the football on them. You know, last week they did. I mean, Murray ran the ball really effectively, and I know the Chargers, well, they were actually playing because this is why they lost. This is why they lost, you know, they lost yes. her, uh, Williams in the game. So you can't say they weren't trying last week. You know, last week Denver ran for 205 yards on them, and the week before the Rams actually ran for 166. I think the balance in Jacksonville's offense will lend them to having a really good day. And I think that the way the Chargers are, they don't technically want to run the football. I think that if they had – Melvin Gordon to go along with Eckler, they would be a better combination. I think they miss that. They really do. And they can't. They always put the pressure on Herbert to make every play, which he typically does. But in this game, without Mike Williams, they're going to have to run the football effectively. Okay, the market, and Michael, it hasn't budged in a day. So the market says two and a half. What does Lombardi say as far as the Lombardi line? I have this game right here now, Patrick. Hold on here. Let me get my. Oh, I have take it your as time. A, Forty-seven um, on the total, by the way. Two under teams. I, I have it as a. Uh, oh, I gotta get my thing. I, I had this under two here. One two one point eight. I have nine. it as two point eight nine. Thank you, Elliot. I couldn't see it here on my computer. Two point eight nine. So I've, I've been right on that number pretty much all week, and you know I really and I favor the Chargers at two point eight nine. I was prepared to do that. I just think this Mike Williams loss is significant. I think Mike Caldwell has a better opportunity as he calls this game to take a little more chances to rush Herbert without worrying about the home run threat. Now, again, based on Mackinnon's numbers, you probably want to avoid teasers. But if you do want to tease, the Chargers are in a good spot to go up through three, through six, and through seven. The three key numbers to start with when betting NFL football. Okay, so there it is. And Michael's number, as a matter of fact, both the early game and the late game, your number essentially matches the market. So not a ton of wiggle for these two games yep. today. We come back live from the bow. Our buddy Jick Jack joins us. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, great deal from BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any pro football game. If all legs of the parlay hit except one, you're going to get your uh, stake back up to free bets and $25 in payment. So again, everything that hits on the four-legger except one, you get $25 back in free bets. It's BetMGM.com. The app has been newly reconfigured for in-game bettors. It's much more efficient. So check it out. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER. If you have an issue, promotional offer not available Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Speaking of Mississippi, as we welcome you back, he's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi Line. We're going to head to Mississippi, the Bayou and go to the Beau Rivage. He runs the race and sports book there. He is our buddy, Carl Johnson, at Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter. A couple of things. One, he noted that he stopped by the gas station and got some donuts on the way to work. And also, Carl, you said this is your favorite Saturday and Sunday of the football season. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Good to see you guys. It is. This, this is the best out of all the weekends of football, this is my favorite weekend. Uh, you know, and this year we've got uh, expanded games, uh, so we like that. We do. We don't like it. We love it, Carl. I totally agree with you. And we'll start with, it, it, let's see if there's any been any movement. I saw a shop just go to 10 on San Francisco, but again, that opened 10 and a half at many shops, and now with Seattle in town, it's dipped down to 9 and a half. Yeah, that's where we're at. We opened, uh, Patrick, we opened here at 10 and 43 and a half. Uh, we're at nine and a half. Uh, pro- probably will go to 10, uh, but we haven't yet. And the total is at uh, 42. So it's it's dropped down a, a point and a half. Uh, looks like they got some pretty rough weather over there and it's going to be all game, I, I believe. Yeah, I mean that that's what I think that the under I mean both these teams both scores both times they played the unders come into play. So I'm not surprised that under I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if you tick it down even further as we get forward here, Jack Jack. Yeah. Uh you know, so right now, I mean and, and they're betting the 49ers here, uh, which is, you know, I guess kind of expected. Uh uh sixty five percent of the money, sixty five percent of the tickets. Uh and they are also on just about Every parlay that we've written this week, uh, 49ers, Bengals, Bills, it's like a repeating record. <laughs> yeah, the, the big-time money line parlay that yeah. everybody likes to – Carl, as you know, that's poison. That'll yeah. You're always going to get bitten with those big-time favorites on the money line parlay, but we shall see. Do you have a lean before we get off Seattle-San Francisco, Carl? Uh, you know, I, uh, my lean is Seattle a little bit. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's tough to play a team as many times as they have. Uh, I think the weather will help them keep it close, uh, you know, and just just the feeling that I have, you know, I think Seattle can do some things. I like Purdy at, at quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, I think he's, the, I've said this publicly, I think he's the best quarterback on their roster. So I think things worked out there for him. But uh, I, I think Seattle covers this number a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I know. I mean, the only thing that keeps me from going down the Seattle road is is what Steve talked about, Mackinac, about the eighty-eight percent. But I just get the sense that these that, that C- Seattle can can move the ball, and the Raiders move the ball. There's a little bit of a tape. They got to block them. I know that they got to block them. They can't get behind, as Rich Gannon said. But if they can just keep this game into the fourth quarter, keep it close, I think they can cover. I think the Niners are obviously the better team. They got the better players. But Seattle's offensively is really, really good. I think if you if you take San Francisco, Jick Jack, in this game and feel like they're going to cover, then Seattle's only going to have the – you're saying Seattle will only have the ball 23 minutes. And San Francisco will dominate time possession by 37-23. And if that's the case, they won't cover. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Also, there's a little trend here with these double-digit favorites. Uh, I don't know exactly what the number is. I think it's upper 50s, maybe even 60% uh, that these double-digit favors, the game typically will go under. Well, I can tell you we've just gone to 42 and a half at DraftKings on this one. Wild card is since 2015, the unders are 21 and 11. Michael mentioned it. Seattle and San Francisco played to two unders in the regular season. No reason to believe with the weather that that number is going over, that that total is going over 42 and a half, just based on the trends and what happened with Seattle and San Francisco this year. Okay, Chargers, Jacksonville. Uh, two and a half with the Chargers laying it. But the question is, where did you open and what's the movement been like? Yeah, we opened here one and a half, 47. Uh, we are at two and a half now and 47. Uh, you know, Jaguars getting the money here. Uh, ticket count slightly in favor of the Chargers. Um, you know, I, my lean here, I like the Jaguars in this spot uh, uh, to win this game outright. Uh, I like them at home. Uh, you know, I, I think if, uh, uh, you know, if the, offensively, if they can – put a few points on the board. I think this will be a – actually, I think this will be a low-scoring game also. Just a feeling that I have that the 47 seems a little high to me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, I, I like the Jaguars here. You know, I, I lean over here, and I'm, I'm obviously the, the contrarian on this, but I just think to me when you get two good quarterbacks that can throw the ball and make plays, I think it lends itself to the over. And I think in this game where, you know, both teams – I don't want to say they're going to be desperate, but I think both teams will take some risk. Both coaches like to take risk. I think that they know they're not going to win this game 17-14. This isn't pl you're not playing Tennessee with Joshua Dobbs, even though Joshua Dobbs did some things. I mean, Joshua Dobbs played as well as he could play for a kid who's only been there two weeks. I, I think both teams will move the football. I think it's going to take a while for it, one or the other to get control of the game. Jacksonville's ability to run, to me, lends me to believe they'll eventually get control of the game. I, I like that. I mean, you, and you know, I mean, playoff football played a little bit differently. If you can run the football, play defense, you're going to have a chance to win the game. Chick Jack, from what I remember, you have a pretty solid opinion of Dallas and Tampa Bay. You want to lay it on us? Yeah. So, I mean, like this is the perfect storm as far as the betting market here. I mean, so you've got probably one of, if not the most heavily bet team in America, which is the Cowboys. Uh, and then you got, you know, half of the half of the betting public that, you know, it, it just won't bet against Tom Brady. So I, I that that perfect storm right there has been kind of keeping this game in check. Uh, we are at uh, about 50-50 betting wise here. Uh, we opened at three. Uh, the, the Sharps hit Dallas. Uh, it's down to two and a half right now. Uh, you know, so I look, I, I've said it. I mean, this will be, and I don't mind saying it, this will be my biggest football bet of the year. Uh, I'm, 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 play, I'm betting Dallas minus two and a half, and I also have a hamburger bet with Berman that's actually more important than the money. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Hey, let me ask you real quick uh, on Minnesota, the Giants, on my board here. The Giants have gotten 91% of the money. The line has not moved an inch. And Minnesota's only got 9% of the money and 46% of the tickets. What's your, what's your split there on this game? And do you think this will move down to two and a half before kickoff tomorrow? Yeah, it's, uh, so it's been stale all week. We opened at three. We're still at three. Uh, totals about where it was at. We opened 47 and a half. It's at 48. Uh, Giants getting bet here. Uh, so Giants are getting 60% of the money and about 45% of the ticket count. So uh, the ticket count is in favor of the Vikings here. But uh, I think this game stays about where it's at, Mike. I think it's getting the action that uh, that, that the book likes. Uh, so, it, you know, I think it would take uh, a, a pretty big wager at the right time to move this off of where it's at. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, I, I think the number stays pretty close. Have you settled in at eight and a half with Cincinnati laying it in Baltimore? Yeah, we have. Uh, you know, we opened here at uh, six and a half, uh, 43 and a half. Uh, right now, of course, this was expected. They're going to bet Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase. They're betting those guys here. 
uh, 72% of the money, 80% ticket count. Uh, we're we're at eight and a half and forty and a half. So so that that totals ticked down uh, three points here. So uh, but yeah, it's uh, and and look, the Ravens will be probably our biggest need of this weekend. Okay, Carl, we started Wild Card Weekend with some gas station donuts. What's on the menu for the rest of the day? Yeah, so look, I'm I'm such a uh, uh, structured person when it comes to eating every wild card weekend i eat wild wings i'm eating wings today baby wings and coleslaw gotta love it i mean is <laughs> the, there a, there's no the there's quote. no better there's no better way right i mean the, seriously. the quote you you expected him to say i'm such a structured person when it comes to betting he said i'm such a structured person when it comes to eating that's yeah. what he yeah. said i, <laughs> I mean i i and, and look, it's it's not even a thought. I knew today, while it's every wild card Saturday that I that I eat wings. I've been doing it. For it's years. it's good to have systems, Carl. It's good to have systems. Yeah. He's Carl yeah. Johnson, Chick Jack Johnson on Twitter, of course. <laughs> the the Ravage. Make sure you. Ch- it looks cold down there. Carl's all bundled up today. Stop by and say yeah. hi. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate you. Take care, guys. Good luck this weekend. Okay. Y'all have a good. Thank one. you. Mia O'Brien straight from the Jags and also Thomas Gable in the next hour. It's the Lombardi line on a Saturday. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.